Welcome to Believe in Pistons, the Detroit Pistons podcast on the Believe Network. I am your host, Brandon Dent, a.k.a. Detroit Kool-Aid. And listen, y'all, it is a cold January 18 here in Detroit. But the Pistons, the Pistons, I think that they're bringing the fire over the seas, man, over the ponds. And listen, I brought, I brought on a guest today to help us break down this game between the Pistons and the Bulls. I had none other than C.J. Watson of Believe in Bulls, uh, co-hosted by Nick Schultz, uh, dropped by the pod. Man, how you doing today? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, not for the reasons that you might be looking forward to. You know, my, my squad, we we hurting this year, man. We hurt. Right, yeah, <laughs> it's all right, man. It's you know, every every franchise goes through these ups and downs, but you know, hopefully the Bulls can pull out a win, and you know, everyone can just be injury free. Yep, yep, yeah. That's that's the most important thing, man. To have fun. I saw, um, you know, Andre Drummond, Isaiah Stewart. These guys were together. You know, obviously, right. former Pistons big man, current Bull. Yeah. Uh, with the current Pistons big man who kind of came in right after Andre Drummond. So it was it was really cool to see these guys kind of getting along. I know Andre Drummond, he's really been out there in Paris, you know, right. the city of love, with yeah. the overtures towards uh, towards Detroit. So at least from this perspective, man, I, I agree with what you're saying, and it's been a cool thing to see. Yeah, that's what you want when you take trips abroad. You want to just get out and see the city, uh, venture, and go to places you probably would never go before. And uh, especially as us coming from black uh, neighborhoods and coming from places we, we probably never envisioned even going overseas yeah. and going to places like this. So we got to soak it in and just live it up. Yeah, man, that's such a great perspective, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes I don't know if people really, really grasp, you know, how life changing these opportunities right. are. You know, yeah, just yeah. how life changing they are. It, it's an awesome thing. Like, when the news came out that Jalen Duran, you know, pissed yeah, yeah. big man rookie, you know, lost his right. passport or whatever. Right. I was thinking like, no, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, you yeah. need this experience, even if you don't play, because he's been missing some games. But right. I was happy. I saw the reports earlier from uh, the Athletics, uh, James Edwards, the, another Pistons beat writer, yeah. who was there. And he was able to kind of tweet out, yo, he's out there. Jalen Duran's here with his teammates. And you could tell in his face, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he looked like, oops. <laughs> right, yeah. That's, that's one of the worst things I always like. Uh, one thing I never lost or always running kept in my pocket was my passports. I know if I, I lost that, I couldn't go back home or I couldn't leave or had to stay. So that's definitely one thing you want to do. And like I said, you don't want to miss a trip like this. It's definitely life changing. And it's something you can tell your kids about, tell your friends about. And even hopefully one back one day again, they'll go back to Paris and just on, on a family trip or something and just, you know, explore. See, and this is why I wanted to have you on the show, not just to break down Pistons Bulls, but to be able to bring um, kind of that aspect of our mindset of what's going through the minds of the players, especially yeah. for the Pistons, because we have so many young players, you yeah. know, six draft picks over the last three years, um, yeah. you know, it, just in the first round alone. Just in yeah, the first yeah. round alone, we're not even talking about the second round picks that Troy Weaver has brought in here. And sometimes we don't know necessarily the ups and downs that players may be going through and what development growth is supposed to look like despite yeah. the losses. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, no problem. I mean, it's definitely going to ch- change these guys' lives. Like I said, it's definitely a young team. And uh, you never know what, what trip or what part of the season will hopefully turn the season around for them. And this could be one of those trips. Like, the guys are going to bond together. They're going to uh, talk a lot. They're going to long playing rides and have a time to, you know, just just uh, mingle and, and get to know guys, that things that they didn't know before. So it's going to be good for these guys. Dope, dope, man. Yeah, and I look forward to it. And I know we're going to get down to breaking, you know, breaking this game down. But I did – want to make sure i at least honor you you know nba player 
tenure NBA player. That is not something easy to do. Uh, I've I've had the privilege of playing college ball, playing pro am, playing with you know college uh, NBA hoopers, college hoopers, overseas yeah. hoopers, but. To make it as far as you've made it and to play as long as you've played, I like to be able to acknowledge that whenever I get the opportunity to talk to people who've made it. Um, yeah. So definitely 10 years. I know you played Tennessee before that. I got a lot yeah. of family that's down there for okay, four okay. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, that, look, man, Alabama, Tennessee, got a lot of family yeah, yeah. down there. Definitely, definitely rivals. <laughs> yeah. But I know this. Look, you had some, some good years, but I remember you. Obviously, from the hat, from your time right. in the Eastern Conference, right? Central Division with the Bulls and with the Pacers, man. And, and what I wanted to ask you as a guard, as a point guard, you know, we have a guy who we believe is a star of the show, at least yeah. for this Paris game, uh, Killian Hayes, yeah. French guy. Um, obviously, he, he's from here, from, from Lakeland, uh, yeah, Florida, yeah. which has some right. Detroit ties to it as well, but grew up in Paris, learned the game there as well. Right. Um, he's had some ups and downs yeah. with Killian's game. What have you seen with his game? And and are you encouraged to his ups and downs? Um, I, I just wanted to get your take on it from more of an NBA mind. <clears throat> um, I'm definitely encouraged. Like I said, a lot of players, young players coming in with a lot of pressure on their shoulders. They're definitely going to come through with a lot of ups and downs. I think he's handling it well. I think there's, you've seen some bright spots, uh, games where he's done well and games where obviously he's – hasn't done uh, very well, and, the, and the, he's just still trying to learn the game. And I think that's the biggest part, especially as a point guard. I think it's the hardest position on the floor. You got to be a coach on the floor. You got to get your own shots. You got to get everybody else their shots. And if you don't, mm. we're mad at you. So it's a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of things you got to handle. Uh, being Bro, that sounds personal, man. <laughs> it's what it is. Like, you got to be able to, you know, set the table is what I call it, you know, get everyone else their shots, but also, you know, get your own also. So uh, I think that's yeah. it's the hardest job to do as a point guard, but I think he's handling the world. And I think he's definitely going to be a bright spot with him and Jay and Ivy and Cunningham. You guys got three good guards that, you know, to for the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's something that we talk about often is what will this three-guard rotation really, really, really look like when right. those guys get healthy when they get back? And that's something right. that I'm really looking forward to. You yeah. know, especially with the growth that Killian Hayes has shown since the beginning of this season, yeah. as well as the growth that I believe in consistency that Jay Nivey has shown. He's had maybe a couple games here and there where it's like, whoa, is he about to go in a slump? Right. But he's found a way to kind of pull that back around. I've been waiting for shoot numbers to fall off, and he continues to stay right. you know, pretty decent shooting the three ball. Um, and now he's working on getting into that mid-range as well. Yeah. Uh, from that perspective, you know, how difficult is it for a guard? Because you had blazing speed, man. You did. Yeah. You did. When the ball hit your hands, it was boom. <laughs> right. But you found ways to kind of play under control and everything. I was looking at the 40-point game as well. Yeah. And even how you got that 40th point, um, it was attacking that middle. But yeah. you also had a way to be able to get into that mid-range and, and, and kind of work too. What's going on in the mind of Jay Nivey as he's saying he's working on – trying to add this mid-range he's he's blazing speed to the rim right. and he can shoot the three yeah um but what, what do you think is going on there uh, i think my advice for him i think would just be play at different speeds uh, obviously he's blazing fast like you said but um it, people can dictate you if you're always just going one speed so if you're being able to change your speeds up go to slow to fast it'll really help him out a lot and then you can really dictate on, on how people guard you and i think with the today's nba i think everyone wants, wants to be a three-point shooter everyone wants to be a step or a clay which you know isn't going to happen you got to play to your strengths and like i think his three-point ball is going to come and eventually you just got to start with the mid-range get to the basket attacking the basket like he's been doing get your florida mm -hmm. game you know get into the paint and uh, then find your find your players and find your shooters and then like I said, just set the table, and then he'll start to get his own. He'll start to have that mid-range shot, and then that three-point shot will come also when they go under a screen.
Man, I love it. And it's not just you saying, yo, I think he's going to get it. It's like the basketball talk, the acumen, you know, look, yeah. when, just go under the, when the defenders go under the screen, he's going to do that. Those are the aspects of it. And it's awesome to be able to get your answers from a basketball mind. Um, and it's a little off topic. It's just when you when you said it, I was just like, oh, I want to just ask him this real quick about right. Killian and about Jaden. Yeah. But I got some Detroit questions I got to ask you. All right. I got to <laughs> ask you some Detroit. Listen, I'm serious. There's so many, I think, myths. And yeah. some truths out there, but right. I just gotta hear it from an NBA guy, yeah, right? Right. So, have you been to actual Detroit? I have not been to actual Detroit. So, crazy thing is, oh, obviously, yeah. when we played, we played, we played Detroit. We always, I think it was like we stayed in like Buckingham or something like that or whatever. Uh, probably, Bring, probably Birmingham. Birmingham, yeah, we stayed there. Yeah. So, and it was always cold when we played Detroit. So, I never left the hotel. I just ordered room service. So, like I said, I've never ventured out in Detroit. I, I wish I should have. Like I said, every time we played, it was in the wintertime. So, I just yeah. stayed in my room. I didn't like the winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we got to change that because, I mean, right, you guys yeah. were what? Playing at Palace of Auburn Hills, which is, to me, yeah. one of the greatest arenas in, in NBA history. You know, yeah. it has some 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 great historical context to it as well. Right. Um, it was kind of revolutionary when it was built and instituted. And yeah. it was outside of the city, like 40 right. minutes outside the city. So yeah, I know yeah. a lot of players, they would come in and, and you would hear them talk like, eh, I don't know about Detroit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that was a talk of the town. Like I said, Detroit was, I guess, not a destination people wanted to go to. Even when they were winning, I never really heard people like, yeah, I want to go to Detroit. <laughs> but yeah. uh, like I said, it's, it's definitely a city that I want to get out to. I know it's a lot of history there and I definitely want to get there and see it. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, especially now, uh, Detroit has really been uh, kind of undergoing an undertaking to, to, to grow. You know, yeah, yeah. To, to try and cover some of the cracks, and it's not perfect. You know, we're not right. gonna ever sit here and, and state that because the downtown is looking good that the city's right. problems are gone away. There's yeah, yeah. still a long ways to go with the residents in the cities, especially on the outskirts of Detroit. Right. But um, as it relates to their city center, as it relates to some of their residents, as it relates to some of these districts and squares, they're really starting to make some strides. And, and that's the right. thing that I love. All the teams now are playing on a historic Woodward Avenue, yeah. you know, and uh, pulling up to these games mm -hmm. is way different field than pulling up to the Palace. Going to the Palace of Auburn Hills, which, you right. know, shout out to them and the sellout streak, the championships that were won there and everything. But going out there, man, it was way different. It was like you were just stuck in a parking lot. But going yeah, to right. LCA... It's an event, man. Just driving down Woodward, it feel you know the theaters right. are out there and everything. It's the downtown nightlife, right, bro? We're gonna have to get you up here. We're gonna have to do yeah. another one of these pods and try and no, do it for sure. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, that's what you want. You want the city to come out and support it. They want to feel like they're part of the team and like they embrace the team. And I think that's what when cities and teams do well. I think that's the biggest thing. They have the city behind them and the backing, and not just everyone in the city, but also really like the inner city, the underprivileged areas. Like those are the areas that that need it the most and need that support. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. And I like it too. I've noticed um, just kind of doing some stuff around the, the the arena on game days and such, being on the concourse and interacting with fans, right? asking them this Pistons trivia. What I've noticed is that the, the, the arena, and I had to go back and check the stats. It seems like it's, it's pretty packed most nights for a yeah, team yeah. that it's not doing too well. Now you, you, you got to understand. You remember yeah. how the Pistons were during your, during your time in the uh, central. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't too good. And right. the arena was empty. <laughs> right, it was very, very empty. You can hear every. You can hear a pin drop in there. I think we had more fans cheering for us from the Bulls and Pacers than the uh, actual home team, which was crazy. <laughs> it was. 
it was wild, man. That's when you knew it was time for a change. And yeah, yeah. with this squad, you know, fans always say, yo, give us what the process is, man. We'll support it. We don't care if they have to tear down to the studs. Right. We'll support it if they're going to actually rebuild this thing the right way. Right. And what yeah, I've yeah. seen with this Troy Weaver rebuild is, yo, the Pistons sit at 11th in attendance right now, yeah. which has been pretty cool. You know, right. um, covering the game this year, you know, covering the, the team this year. It's been a really, really cool thing to see because you see what people are putting out there on social media, right. and they're going to be the vocal ones every time there's a loss. Yeah. But yeah, to be yeah, in sure. the arena, people are like, yo, you know what? We're here to support these young guys. Uh, we like their journey. We like the way the team is coming together. We know that right. the wins aren't necessarily there. And by the way, Victor Wembenyama is not a bad right. consolation prize. Right. right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, Troy Rivers is really coming and put his fingerprint on this franchise and this team. Like I said, they're, they're drafting high-caliber guys. Uh, good quality guys, and um, like I said, my favorite thing about Detroit, honestly, is the PA announcer. He gets me every time. Uh, the way he introduces the fans, oh, uh, Mason, the, the players, uh, home and away, like a, you know, it's crazy. But he really gets the energy set for that uh, for that crowd and for the game that night. That's that's awesome, man. You, you know what? I gotta ask you. You know, other than the PA announcer, do you have any memories of Detroit or or playing against the Pistons, either home or away? Uh, no, not really, honestly. Uh, <laughs> just, just Mason. I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's no, legend. I, hey, Mason, you're a yeah. legend, man. You hear this? Yeah, yeah. That's all. The PA announcer is what does it for me. And I love the team colors, uh, blue, red, and white. I mean, that's, yeah. red is my favorite color, so I, I love those colors. Yeah. Man, see, oh, my goodness. Uh, you were one of those players. I was like, yo, get this man in a Pistons jersey. Just one right, yeah. time. <laughs> just one right. time. Like, look, we went through some point guard troubles, yo. I was right, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's over here just wreaking havoc on my favorite squad for, for a few years. It was just like, come on, man. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but look, I guess we got to get more into this game. But I said a name here, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, before we get into the, the NBA Paris game, we want to talk about their biggest, uh, you know, probably their biggest prospect of all time uh, coming yeah, yeah. out of France, maybe international yeah, yeah. prospects. Um, what do you think about him, man? What to make about uh, Victor Wembanyama? I mean, he can do it all. He's seven, whatever, three, four, whatever you want to call it. But he can dribble, he can shoot, um, play defense. Uh, obviously, he has to get stronger. But like I said, he's uh, definitely a superstar in this league. You can just see the way players now are, are just uh, glorifying him, you know, LeBron and people like that. You would never probably never seen that back in the day. If a high school or a guy from overseas was coming to the NBA, people would brag and boast about him and say how good he is. Like, I think this guy is just going to be the next one. Um, and it's going to be a, a joy just to see him watch and see him grow. Yeah. 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 I, I, it's, I keep dreaming about if the Pistons were actually lucky enough. Like, I don't think the NBA is going to reward us again. Like, <laughs> can they like, listen, that's enough. And right, we can yeah, make yeah. It, you know, Jay and Ivy kind of. A, right. Sorry. So, so are you saying that? So you saying the lottery is rigged? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're saying? <laughs> I'm not saying the potential time might be saying <laughs> I'm sure Tayshawn will want to be in Memphis somewhere. What up, Tayshawn? <laughs> Shout out Tayshawn. Shoot, man. Um, yeah, that would be scary to me. I don't even know where they where he plays. Like, yeah, what yeah. position do they play, man? I see like some places just have him listed as center. Some people have him listed as guard, and some have yeah. him listed as a wing. Just put him on the floor, man. He can do, like I said, he can do everything. He can do what your point guard can do. He can do what your five man can do. Uh, like I said, just put him on the floor and let him figure it out. Bro, that's a quote. <laughs> what to do with Victor? Where where should he play? The floor. Right, <laughs> exactly. The floor. Anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. He gets the rebound, he's the center, and now he's the point guard. And right. like, let, just him, let him push it. Let him go. 
Yep, yep. I like that, man. And because we 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 obviously we sit around and talk about the hypotheticals over here in Pistons La La Land, and we talk about yeah, you know, yeah. if we did get him, you know, where does he fit, you know, on this squad? Because obviously right. K Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Jaden Ivy are guards. Right. Um, we also got Jalen Duran, big Jaden Duran, uh Isaiah Stewart, uh, among some other people. Like yeah. on this squad, I'm like, man, I don't even know where where they would slot him. Maybe five. Like I Maybe. said, I just I, I throw him anywhere. Just figure it out. Everybody, you play around him. This is our future. <laughs> Y'all better get in and fit in and play around him. If you can't shoot, you better figure it out. You better do something because he's going to be the one. I like that. I like that, man. Is there I, – I like Scoot, and I know I've been paying attention a lot to the Thompson Twins as well. Is there anybody yeah. else, just, just real quick, from a draft perspective that you think should get a little bit more recognition? Um, I haven't seen a lot of players, honestly. Uh, I could see Scoot play a couple times, obviously, yeah. obviously against Victor. But uh, like I said, I don't really watch a lot of college basketball. Mostly, if I watch basketball, it's like a Tennessee game that's on TV or something just to support my Loyalist. old school. But like, uh, like I said, uh, I'm excited to see the draft. I heard a lot of great guys are in it. It's going to be uh, a great draft again. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. But with this NBA Paris game, you know, like we said, it, it's it's a little bit different ends of the spectrum yeah. for these two teams. You know, um, for the Pistons, you know, I'll give this perspective and I'll let you tell it from the Bulls mm-hmm. as well. For the Pistons, obviously, it's uh, about a different set of storylines. They started the season stating that they were ready to finally compete every single night. And then right. – a trail of injuries happened that derailed a lot from Marvin right. Bagley to Kay Cunningham and so forth. So now the storylines become things like Killian Hayes, who went from historically bad right. to putting up over the last 10, 15 games, like 14 points, eight rebounds or, or eight assists, three rebounds, 40% from three. Jay Nivey over the last 15, averaging a solid 15, four and four, 40% from three, finding ways to, at least from an individual standpoint, we're not looking at necessarily wins and losses, mm-hmm. show that there's growth and development. And in this game in particular, you want to still continue to see that growth and that development. But I want to see Killian Hayes and this kind of confidence you know, uh, ladder he's been climbing. Right. I want to see him finally cement this thing and just stand comfortably at the top of it, like like with Mario. You know, right. like at the end of Mario, you have to hit like the top of the, right. the little pole. I want to finally yeah, yeah. see him hit that thing and, and get the flag all the way to the top. Right. Yeah. Because you see the flashes, and right. um, it gets a little frustrating when you know it's not a skill set thing with Killian Hayes. So yeah, yeah, for yeah. me, that's my storyline. Killian Hayes, go out there. You are the son of France in this game, man. France right. this year because yeah. Vic is about to take that crown. Yeah, but it's yeah. okay. Hopefully right. he'll be a piston. But um, that's at least my perspective of the game. Go out there and try to play tough defensively. The Pistons have gotten pushed around a lot this year. Uh, and being injured doesn't help. You know, they're big men right. being injured. So I want to see them go out there. What I want to see them do is go out there and and in battle. Don't let the yeah. Bulls push you around. Right. Yeah, I think from the Bulls' perspective, uh, it's just it's about winning, uh, trying to win and get back close to 500 as they can, um, establishing Booch early. I mean, hopefully he'll have another, another big game like he had last game. Uh, hopefully DeMar will be back from his quad injury. And uh, this is those three those three guys, Zach, Booch, and, and DeMar, just really trying to play at a high level and, and getting a win in Paris. And like you said, just uh, hopefully the bench can come to play. Drummond can come in and give some good minutes with uh, Drogic and uh, Kobe White. So, like I said, the Bulls are trying to be consistent and get in a win streak and keep that win streak not just one game, but two, three, four, and five. Like I say, try to get out of this playing spot and try to get to that seventh or sixth seed in the East. That's dope. That's dope, man. And do you think they're going to get there? 
I don't know. The, from the way they've been going the first half of the season, I don't think so. <laughs> but, uh, but like I said, the, anything can happen. They have one of the easiest schedules of the second half of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see how consistent they can be. And uh, like I said, put a one streak together uh, throughout the rest of the season. You got the players. I, I believe yeah. you have the talent, but the East got better over the summer. It just, it just yeah, got better. Sure. I remember we were doing our preview. We were looking at all the teams that kind of took a step forward, including like yeah. the Knicks and yeah. including the teams at the bottom. They added more talent. So even yeah. though they may still be at the bottom, they may be able to come up and nip your heel a couple times in a season. Right. The Pistons have done that to a couple winning teams this year. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, as has Orlando. You know, a couple yeah, of these yeah. teams, they've really gone out and 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 scrapped and battled hard. Yeah. Um, Andre Drummond, just before I ask you, I got, got a couple – couple more questions i wanted to run by you but with andre drummond man um he's a guy who many fans said when he got paid they expected more out of him mm-hmm. and they thought that if he was paid less that you know his <laughs> flaws would be right. a little bit more acceptable right yeah. you know now he's found himself kind of in this backup role that piston fans have said that would probably fit him the best mm-hmm. uh just from your perspective andre drummond today yeah. You know, I know what whatever the knocks were in terms of his motor. What do you see yeah. from Andre Drummond today? Um, I guess some of the same things that you used to see. Uh, definitely a, a rebounding machine. Uh, still can go out there and rebound, play defense. Um, offensively, doesn't give you much, but he still can give you a double double up night, and that's really all you need out of him <laughs> at, <laughs> at this point of his career. Um, like I said, I think he has more in the tank. And definitely, I think someone just has to push that motor out of him. I think he needs to get to what the coach is going to really just bring out of him and demand that. Uh, 100% Andre Drummond every night, uh, 82 games plus playoffs, whatever it may be. But just demanding that that aggressiveness, uh, that consistency every night. Yeah, yep. And that was the thing too that I know a lot of fans here they they were they, they mentioned as part of the things or reasons why they thought maybe he doesn't need the big contract that he got in Detroit. Right. Yeah. You know, um, for me personally, I saw a side of him where I believed maybe he just didn't have the right foundation. You know, yeah. I know that at least for me, uh, growing up, I had like a lot of different people around me, hoopers, weight trainers mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And they were always able to kind of tell me what to do, put me in the right position to the point that I didn't even feel like I had choices sometimes. Right. For real. <laughs> but when I looked at you, I mean, I mean, how was it for you? That was you the same I mean? way. I had trainer. I had one trainer that I had my whole life and he would always call me up to every game and tell me what I did wrong, what I did right. And <laughs> even, even with my parents, they would do the same thing. Like it wasn't a lot of things I did right. There's a lot of things I did wrong, but I think that's what you need to hear. You don't need a lot of yes men. You need people who are going to hold you accountable each and every night, and I think that's what the best players have. Mm. Yep, yep. And I, I just didn't know if he got that. Even when Drummond went to college, yeah, the yeah. college coach that recruited him was out for the year, you know, right. with, a, with an illness or something. And so yeah, yeah. I remember that year, he shown that he has versatility in his game that probably should have been matured. Yeah. Um, but they just threw him in the paint and said, just go. No yeah. oversight or anything, and it just seemed as if his game just was able to kind of whatever. When he came into the Pistons, yeah. it was under Lawrence Frank, who we know he wasn't there for too long. Right. Um, And it, it just seemed to be the Andre Drummond show from his own perspective without necessarily right. doing like, like you said, if you had the trainer, then you know what structure can do for you. Right, for sure. You know, yeah. and that, that part of it just didn't seem like it was there for him. So I wanted to just kind of get that perspective, you know, if he's looking like he's shaking some of this stuff now, because I know he's given some interviews where he's talked about, you know, hey, I've learned my lesson or at least see where things went wrong, you know, right. and I'm looking to to right those wrongs. So yeah. I think that's just called maturity, you know, getting older, getting wiser, uh, looking back at the mistakes that you and choices that you made. And just like I said, just 
could have maybe could have did better and put more effort into it. I think that's what you see now. He's playing better, uh, definitely in the back of role. Um, and, but I think he still can be a starting center in this league, uh, especially with the small ball air and stuff like that. Obviously, he shoots threes here and there. So he's definitely uh, branching out and trying to expand his game and stay in the NBA as long as he can. Look, bro, you just said shooting threes and everything <laughs> was like, oh. Right, yeah. <laughs> serious, man. Like, it was a struggle there, and I know that he was trying to stay ahead of an era. Right. Uh, and it's funny because he kind of got caught up in the era of big men changing offensively, whereas yeah. the NBA today feels like it's positionless offense, and now it's yeah. going to positionless defense where you got yeah. guys who can play one through who can defend the one through the five, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so for Drummond, he always showed the propensity though to be able to switch out and to defend wings and guards and things of that nature. I'm hoping as his career goes on that he is focused on really kind of hunkering down and, and being more about his strengths, yeah. you know, the rebounding and being a menace in the paint and doing yeah. something that I thought he never really excelled at, but has all the tools at being an absolute rim protector. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the best thing. Like I said, being a rim protector at the five position is, is definitely needed when you have all these small guards and when guys are switching everything one through five. So um, that can be his biggest, like I said, strength is, is being a rim protector. And like I said, anything you get from that on the offensive end is a plus. Yeah. Yep. Yep. See, now when he was here, it was almost as if he had to have been given the ball because right. the teams didn't have players like the Bulls have. Right. Yeah. You know? and, and, and it was it was a struggle. So it's like now that he's on a squad where, you know, 10 rebounds versus like he might get 18 rebounds with the Pistons, it might right. not have the impact that his eight to 10 rebounds will have with the Bulls. Right, yeah, no. for sure. And, uh, and, I'm and, hoping he's learning. And, yeah, and it's in a small, short window, especially when you're playing behind a guy like Booch. You're not going to play a lot of minutes, so it's got to go in there and be productive and, the, and get quality minutes when you're in there. Yep, yep. And the, I, I want to, I kind of want to bring this to a close, but I wanted to close on this, you know, because I know that you're a young guard. You were, you were a, a not a young guard, but you were four years in college. Mm-hmm. You came into the league at a time where. Um, there were a lot of guards, and I guess that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. You know, so coming in as a young player in a league where I thought that your era was stupendously guard heavy, and then a new crop of guards were coming in as well, like Steph and all them. Yeah, you know, it was it was just different. And yeah. I'm looking at guys like Killian. I'm looking at guys like Cade. I'm looking at guys like Jade and Ivy, who Detroit Pistons fans in this organization are going to hang a lot of hopes on. You know, what is it like for these guys really, really, really trying to find their way as young players and not just young players, but guards? So we had a Chauncey Billups, you know, shout out Chauncey Billups. Always got to have the jersey nearby. Right. But but, but, but Billups. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. Shout out Mason, man. It's like, you know, it took him some time to really get his feet underneath him as well. Yeah. About four or five, six years. What's going on in these young guys' minds? You know, if you can harken back to your time when you hit the league, what was it like? Um, it was, I mean, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was, it was kind of difficult. But like I said, it's just always about believing in yourself and having a confidence in yourself. You really can't really worry about uh, anyone else or what they're doing. You got to just be focused on you and your team and uh, trying to be productive and getting better each and every day. Because like at the end of the day, there's going to be a new crop of guards every year, no matter what the case may be, because it's a draft coming in. They're going to sign new guards. They're going to have new people that they like that could fit their uh, their their program or franchise. And and they might want to bring them in. Like I said, just focus on yourself and I think in your strengths and try to get better at those weaknesses. And that's really at the end of the day, all you can worry about. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's real talk there, man. That's real talk. And because it, it's interesting what you said, they're going to continue to bring in new guards and new people yeah. because that's what Troy did. He drafted Killian Hayes, right? And we yeah. were excited, man. Seventh pick. Right. Yeah, we wanted LaMelo. We, we, we saw other players that we were kind of infatuated with as well. But Killian was one that we were like, yo, he could really be our point guard of the future. Right. But then the very next year, we get the first draft pick and we're like, all right, Kay Cunningham. Well, maybe, right. you know, he'll play the two. Nope. He's playing the yeah. one now. Right. Yeah. And Killian has moved over to the off ball. Then the right. very next year, Jaden Ivy. And it's like, yeah. he could play the one, two if we need him to. And it's just like, wow, they're, they're, they're just like, look, talent. Talent, yeah. talent. So everybody else, make sure you're doing what you have to be doing to to stay the course. Right. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, if they, none of these guys really pan out, or if they all do pan out, and it comes like contract negotiation time, and maybe you're trying to get a big superstar or a big player in the offseason, you can maybe trade one of these guys for them and use those as guys as nothing necessarily say as bait, but just a trading piece. But uh, that could be a good thing for your team. Like if you can get another already all-star a season all-star to come to Detroit and have to give up one of those guys and maybe not all three or, or both or two of them. Uh, I think that's a, that's a good uh, exchange. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that is, that is. And you know, the more that these guys continue to develop, it's, it's interesting because we've never seen, at least me, I haven't seen a Detroit GM kind of do things this way. I've been right, envious yeah. of seeing other teams do things like this, but yeah. usually our GMs have been like, okay, we drafted our one person and right. it's at a position of need. And it's like, but right. we want that totally way more talented player on the board. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. And like, it, it was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why didn't you drop oh. it? <laughs> oh. No matter who you already had. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Woo. Darko, man. Every Darko reference, every Pistons fan, man. They, it, it, it's goodness gracious. And it's crazy, man, to hear Chauncey talk about that. Like the other day, he was talking about, right? We promised uh, Carmelo. Right, so, yeah. That would have been a squad, have Melo on that team. Bro, my goodness. I, I feel like they would have won uh, the next year. I think yeah, that yeah. they would have beat uh, San Antonio that next year. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Carmelo. But with these young players and the development, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't also talk about coaching. Mm-hmm. And in Detroit, you know, Coach Casey is a hot, hot topic, man. Hot right. topic. And yeah. I wanted to be able to get the perspective because I've, <clears throat> of you, I, I've, I've kind of bantied about this, gone back and forth. And I, I feel like Coach Casey's a really, really good coach at developing young players, but he's never been in a situation to where he's had to effectively develop a whole team, like like coach a right. whole team full of young players, which yeah. I think for anyone, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle in the win column. He was brought here to win now, but is there anything that you know about Dwayne Casey as just a person, as a coach, uh, as a player development coach, or anything you've heard from people? Mm. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about him. Like I said, I think uh, when I was in the league, he was at uh, Toronto, I think. So um, I don't know if these teams are doing that good uh, during that time either, but they were still competitive and had a lot of young talent on there. I think DeMar was on that team, Antoine White, uh, maybe uh, a guy from Italy, Andrew Bargnani, I forgot his name. But, mm, yeah. uh, but they had a lot of talent, a lot of young talent. But um, as far as I know from things that I've heard about him, he's been a great coach. Uh, great in the locker room, always pushes guys and challenges guys and also lets you play. So at the end of the day, that's what you want in the coach. You want to let you play and go out there and, and play to your strengths and not really just yank you every time you make a mistake or turn the ball over or something. I like that. And you said the the two things that I like, you know, he pushes you, but he challenges you, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Like right. it, it, it's it's the way it should be. And, and the reason why I think that those are two things to highlight, they're a little bit different because sometimes you can just be pushing people just to push people. And I believe that there right. are coaches here in the past who tried to push the players, but they didn't really challenge them to anything. They didn't really, you know what I mean, show them the way to anything. And they didn't say, okay, now meet this mark. They just said, right. go. And what if that's not their their way? You right, know? yeah. Yeah, if you want sure. them to go there, then challenge them to be better at something or to do something. And it's it's that's the truth. You know, sitting in these press conferences and listening to him talk, you you hear him, uh, especially during the offseason, you hear him speak even more about the things that he's trying to get the team to do and where to try right. to go and things of that nature. And he talks about the fact that this is a season where if they were like in contention for the playoffs or anything, yeah, there's some players who would have effectively a lot shorter rope to be able to play with. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. It, it wouldn't be as, you know, these guys just out there playing. But to your point, that's what you said when it's about developing these young guys. Yeah. He's not just out there giving like the quick yank. You know, I know some people are a little perturbed with some of his lineups. Right. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think at some point in time, especially with all the injuries, you got to have balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And definitely you got a young developing team and you want these guys to grow and they can't grow. if They can't learn through mistakes. And that's what every young player probably, you know, complains about. Coach takes me out when I make a mistake or whatever. In, in the NBA, you got to learn through those mistakes. You got to learn through experience and getting uh, those valuable minutes in crunch time in big, meaningful games, even as a losing team, and just to see how you're going to handle it. So, just to be put in that position as a young guy, then hopefully, you know, down the road, they'll definitely learn from these mistakes and, and learn from them and, and grow from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the hope. And I know, like, for a lot of fans, at least here in Pistons land, um, their their time is just their thinking is just when is this going to happen? Obviously, yeah, yeah. you zoom out, you look at the Troy Weaver era, you can tell. Well, year three of Troy Weaver, really year two of his rebuild. Um, but for the Pistons fans, it's been losing for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. you know, and so they're they're wondering when is this going to happen? I believe that the Pistons are about two years out from mm. really, really, really being a, a team to contend for the playoffs. Whether that's and by contend for the playoffs, I mean like that sixth seed, obviously seventh and eighth. Ninth right. and 10th is, uh, you know, the playing now. But um, being able to be one of those top six teams, I think that they're at least a couple years out. Just yeah. from your perspective, what would you say? I think so, too. I agree. Like, definitely a couple years. Like, I think they got great pieces. Like I said, uh, signed some pieces, pieces in the offseason. You never know what this team could be. And like I said, with the development of these young guys, as long as they continue to grow, like I said, that that two- or three-year span of window could be next year. You never know because these guys are definitely – um, growing and we definitely got a future superstar in, in Kate Cunningham and the way uh, Bay plays. I, I love the way Bay plays. He's a definite uh, scorer in the bucket in this league and plays both ways, plays defense too, tough and gritty. So I think they got good pieces around him. I like that. I like that, man. You actually said some things that I was probably thinking to ask you and I just forgot. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's been so much. It's been so yeah. much content over the last couple of days, but it, it's, right. it's awesome to kind of hear your perspective on these players because it's not just someone who covers these teams. It's not just somebody who's kind of in the NBA world or somebody who was an NBA player, somebody who understands the grind, right. somebody who kind of played the similar styles and positions to some of the guys that we have in our squad. And you right. understand, you know, central division basketball. You understand like this Midwest basketball. Yeah, like right. it's, it's gritty. It's tough. Right. You know, it's we look, even if the shot is off, it don't matter. I'll go 0 for 10 on the night. Yeah. I'm still getting in the paint and battling yeah. and this and that. Like it's yeah. just it's just a little bit different, you know. And so it's cool to hear you talk about that. And I've I've man, after the rookie season, I was like, yo, is Kay Cunningham a star? I continued to yeah. bring up this question because post all-star break, 
my man was averaging 24 7 and 7 you know right, I, right. I, as a rookie right coming into this season you know he his season averages finished off at about 26 and 6 mm-hmm. uh, i remember i asked the question before the year can he get 25 and 5 people were like nah nah it's right. too early and he had a stretch where he was up to almost 28 points a game eight rebounds seven assists a game like yeah. i I can't say enough good things about him. I don't know if it's just because we've been waiting for so long. It's been a while. Like, right. Like, let me think. Cause look, it's been a while. A while. <laughs> well, we got Grant Hill here, guys. Yeah, that's in the, is that black a, and white? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's black and white. It's been so long, guys. Right. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like I feel like we finally have one. I'd be trying to refrain from even yeah. using the superstar label, but hearing it from somebody else is like, yo, he's on a he's on this path. Yeah. That's like that's him. that's a good thing. Yeah, I like his game. He kind of reminds me of like Brandon Roy kind of, uh, but like a new era of Brandon Roy. Like I said, he's definitely on his way. I think he's gonna be um that that centerpiece that Detroit needs and they can build around if they don't get Victor or whatever. But he's definitely one to to be in that superstar, you know, talk. That's what's up, man. That is what's up. And a Brandon Roy reference, a Brandon Roy name drop. That's when you know that somebody's clued in. You're not just hooping. Hey, man. You 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 know hoops. Like it's like it's yeah. up here. It's basketball culture, man. I'm a cyclopedia, but I, I don't watch. I don't. I don't watch basketball as much as I used to. <laughs> I like that though. But you, but you know the game though, man. I can tell yeah. just in the conversation. Obviously, you know the game. Right. You went out there. And you did work in the game for for a long time. Um. Like I said, uh, everybody definitely the highlights are, are dope. You know, yeah. um, I, I I don't like watching too many of the highlights. Like I said, terrorizing my Pistons for some time <laughs> out here in the, in the Central Division. But is there anything else, man, that you would want to talk about, bring up, or or, or leave with the people? Uh, just uh, I'm, I'm a children's author, so I've written three children's books so far. You can check them out on cjpens.com, cjpens.com. Um, have a foundation for kids called the quiet storm foundation we help uh inner city youth and underprivileged kids uh just to be better and strive for different things and uh just be be successful in this world and uh you know that's about it I'm just trying to be the best i can be each and every day and help people i like that man i like that a lot and you know what we're gonna have to figure out some way to get you to detroit um mm-hmm. you know get your organizations and, and your yeah. charities some 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 type of traction out this way as well um sure. i appreciate great. you coming out here and we because i'm serious we got to get you to try some detroit style pizza we got oh, yeah. to get detroit coney we got we got to get all that stuff. Verners, man verners yeah, yeah. better made i'm trying to think of all the detroit stuff we got to make sure we get right, you. yeah yeah i gotta come to detroit man you gotta see the city you gotta show me the good yeah. and the bad <laughs> no i got you man i got you i got you we're gonna set this up for real. maybe maybe all we right. can do that stream from the concourse at lca hey man we'll definitely do something like that we'll yeah, set that yeah, one sure. up all right sure wait look this was fun this was fun this was fun for believe in pistons man the detroit pistons podcast on the the believe network my name is brandon dent you also might know me as detroit kool-aid and definitely definitely by nick schultz on the believe network definitely check out their podcast definitely check out all the organizations and is there anywhere else people can find you cj uh you can find me on instagram and twitter uh quiet storm underscore 32 uh i got a facebook too but i don't really know it but you know uh, <laughs> i'm, I'm on social everybody. media here and there <laughs> I, I respect it man hey but definitely thank you for taking the time out to come and check out uh this paris game and really go through all the different rundowns and give us your spin on 
Detroit and kind of Auburn Hills, but we'll let that slide. Right. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get you right, man. Definitely. No, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Yep. Till next time, y'all.